Blog Talk Radio. To the Ken Reedy Show Monday Night Raw pregame edition. Thank you all for tuning in. Tremendous pay per view last night, Night of Champions. That man right there, Ryback, making some noise at the pay per view. A guy who was was languishing, was lost a bit in the shuffle. Who knows where his character was going to go? We got a bit of an idea last night, and we're going to get into that shortly. Pay-per-view last night, Monday Night Raw tonight. Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Thank you all for tuning in. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. You can check us out on Twitter, at the Ken Reedy Show is our handle there on Twitter. And as always, you can check us out on thekenreedyshow.com. All you wrestling fans, you want to hang out, watch some wrestling this weekend, you can join... Yours truly, I will be hanging out with ECPW and Wrestling on Fire this weekend. We got events on Friday night in Passaic and Saturday night, Wrestling on Fire in Parsippany. You want to go Friday, check out ECPW1.com for info and tickets. Saturday night, WrestlingOnFire.com. Get your tickets. I'm going to be there calling all the action. Come on over and say hi and Hopefully we'll get a little more of an idea of where exactly this merger is going and what the heck is going on with Andrew Anderson. So be sure to come on out. Check that out this weekend. As always, as it turns out, I got my tag team partner on the line right here. Dave is on the line. Dave, how you doing this evening? 
I'm doing good considering the uh the, the death threat phone call I received on last night's show. But other than that I'll uh I'm I'm hanging in there and I'm ready to uh to, to do the pregame tonight. So uh let's let's get down to it. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's like we, we go like a month and a half without without doing the show at all and then one day after the other. Um great stuff, you know, uh it it was a decent pay per view. I'm not gonna sit here and say it was it was earth shattering or it was a uh, a great blow me out of the water pay per view, but I, I thought it was a real solid pay per view. Uh, I know a lot of times over there on the Facebook we like to do uh, we grade uh, shows. Um, you know, I think I'd give the pay per view a solid B. Uh, I'm not going to venture into the A categories, but I, you know, as an overview, and we're going to get into specifics with what we saw last night. Um, I thought you really didn't get. A bad match last night. I thought everything was solid. I thought the storytelling was solid. Um, there was some intriguing stuff. Uh, I, I'm curious your thoughts, Dave. As you, one thing I thought was was a little odd, but we'll see where you know how his character develops over time. It was it was Triple H was a little uh, a little face Triple H to start the pay per view. Uh, but obviously he's still heel COO Triple H. So I thought it was a little odd. I'm not saying I, I hated it. It was just, hey, this is kind of old, fun face uh, Triple H. But um, still, I thought a, a solid pay per view nonetheless. So I'm, I'm going with like a, in the in the B realm. What were your thoughts overall on the pay per view last night, Dave? I would have to agree. It was a, it was a, a solid B. Um, there wasn't anything earth shattering that took place, um, unlike uh, you know last month at SummerSlam. But um, matches were good. There really wasn't a stinker on the card. Um, I took a beating in some of the predictions, but uh, other than that, I mean, I, I was I, I enjoyed the the in ring action. It was somewhat of a holding pattern um, for, for the, at least how I saw it with the pay per view with the storylines and. With guys like the Shield and the and uh, the the RVD Del Rio and you know that's going to continue and we can discuss all that stuff later. But I mean I I thoroughly enjoy you know you you Ryback's music plays at the open of our show and uh, you know I thoroughly enjoyed that and we'll we'll discuss that more. I thought to me that was the highlight of the pay per view for me and you know what's interesting and I'll, I'll bring it up right now is. Um, you know, I mentioned on last night's show that I was at the uh, the Barclays Center in Brooklyn last weekend for the, the WWE house show. And the CM Punk-Curtis Axel match that they had had last night was virtually, with the exception of the finish, was virtually the same match that they had wrestled at the Barclays Center. So I kind of I, I kind of drifted away from that match at some point, you know, dur- you know during the, the exchange with Axel and Punk. Until the, until the part where we got to Heyman and, and, and Punk and their exchange, um, I was kind of disappointed that, you know, I saw it a week prior, you know, in, 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 in Brooklyn, New York, and then it's on pay-per-view, and it was, like I said, it was virtually the same match that they had wrestled. Um, so I was kind of disappointed in that. But other than that, the show itself, I thought it was good, solid B, you don't really have any complaints, no stinkers. Um, yeah, that's that's about it coming from me. Now, let's. I mean, you brought it up, so let's get get into it. I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting kind of. Uh, like I thought, the match was was okay. Um, I do find myself coming out of the the whole like uh, uh, Axel and Curtis Axel. Uh, you know where exactly they're going with the, with the character. Um, you know, the guy can't win a match. Um, 
you know, are they going to, is this, you know, part of a storyline? Is this, uh, you know, obviously they, they hinted at Heyman uh, not having a tremendous amount of confidence in Curtis Axel's ability. And uh, we discussed last night, you know, is, there, is it possible that there's a, another Heyman guy? Uh, kudos to the both of us because we were talking and we both were, uh, we could see uh, Heyman getting the pin on CM Punk, and that sure enough wound up happening. We do see another Heyman guy, and uh, interesting history between uh, one Ryback and Heyman. Uh, obviously, when Heyman was with Punk, uh, did a lot to screw over Ryback as far as him winning the title from CM Punk. Uh, now the shoe is on the other foot, so to speak. A, a man, a performer, a character in desperate, desperate need of, of some sort of revamping, retooling. Uh, you know, they were trying the bully thing in the back. I don't know if that was really working to help put this guy over. Uh, right now with Ryback, allying him with Heyman and what Heyman can bring to the table as far as uh, the verbiage for uh, one Ryback. Now, all of a sudden, you look at Ryback as a main player. Ryback uh, quite possibly is on the fast track to being back in that main event status. Uh, I think it's a great move, uh, both for the uh, the character Ryback and for Heyman. And you still have a, a hungry, pissed-off, uh, decimated CM Punk to contend with. Uh, everything that transpired uh, as far as the outcome, the end result of the match, uh, to me, Dave, a lot of positive coming out of this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it got a good reaction when he jumped in the ring. Um, you know, it, it, I, I enjoyed it. I liked that. You know, I liked the fact that there is history um, with Ryback and CM Punk and Paul Heyman. Um, I mean, we, we've we've heard some complaints about you know the, the the history between Randy Orton and Triple H from a few years ago, and now they're aligned. Um, granted, there was some explanation behind it after that turn. Hopefully, there'll be a little bit more explanation behind Paul Heyman aligning with Ryback because it was just over a year ago when Ryback had basically burst into the main event scene and challenged Punk for the WWE title. He got that endorsement from John Cena um, for the pay-per-view, and then they had several matches, and they had a pretty solid feud. And, and, and from from the looks of it at that point, I thought Ryback was going to catapult into the main event in 2013, and it didn't seem to pan out for him. But now he's kind of back, and he's a little more relevant. I like the idea with him and Heyman. Um, Heyman's a good talker. And having a guy like Ryback, who is a, who is a big monster and just a, a wrecking machine, um, with a guy like Heyman, you know, the, the, the mad scientist, Paul Heyman, that, that he's been known for, um, it's just a perfect fit. What I, what I really love is the potential of what else can happen with this. I mean, you, you also got to remember, there's another monster that Paul Heyman is, is uh, managing by the name of Brock Lesnar. And imagine you put these two together and what kind of destruction and chaos they can cause in the WWE scene against guys like CM Punk or Daniel Bryan or even some of the veterans like Undertaker when he returns, you know. I'm looking forward to seeing what they could do in that sense. Or does this, does this set up maybe 
Ryback being Paul Heyman's new monster, and Brock Lesnar comes back as a babyface, and there's some tension between Brock and, and Ryback and Brock and Heyman. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of possibilities you can go with this. I personally would like to see a Ryback-Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania 30 next year. I know I'm getting a little too – I'm going, uh, you know, a little too forward here because we've still got several months till we get to that point, but – I mean, you know, Brock's a big, a big dog in the yard, and Ryback, they're building him up as a monster to be, you know, one of the future big guys in the WWE. So eventually at some point the two of them will have to collide. But all these intangibles and elements with Ryback and Heyman and possibly Lesnar, I like where it could go in, in multiple directions. As far as Curtis Axel goes, I will say um, after last night, I mean, I, I would like to – think that he would still be with Heyman in some form or fashion. However, I think what would make sense more than anything is if Ryback took the Intercontinental title from him, be it tonight or, you know, maybe at the at the next pay-per-view, and then Axel is dumped by Heyman, and Axel can come out and admit, you know, Heyman's not the genius that everyone says he is, and, you know, he didn't further my career. He may have helped me get the Intercontinental title, but I was just his lackey, and then he could be a babyface, the second generation, you know, of the Hemmings, you know, and 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 really do something, and he's got something to sink his teeth into, and because he's just too mechanical on the microphone for me as far as, you know, um, cutting promos and Heyman's not really doing a whole lot of talking for him. In fact, he's written, like I said last night, like a a side piece in this punk Heyman storyline. So maybe they decide to get rid of that pairing and make Axel a babyface and he chases after Ryback a little bit. Um, Or he's just still kind of, you know, another client of Heyman's and he goes off and works in the mid-card with guys like Fandango or Wade Barrett or The Miz or whoever. Um but I don't think Curtis Axel, the, the, the Curtis Axel main event experiment should be taking place any longer. Um, th- th- that's my opinion on those on those matters. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what's great about it, and, and you know, we, we continue on the show, and, and it's fun, and ultimately we do this show. Uh, we're fans, and uh, it's why we do this show. And you can't help it when you when you start to get uh, when things are working, and you start to get a little bit excited about the potential. Like, yeah, you, you start thinking about. WrestleMania and, and where they could go with that. Um, and when you have something like this uh, transpire, uh, it's almost, you know, the sky becomes the limit. There's so many directions uh, you can go off in with, with this storyline, with this new partnership. Um, you know, what exactly, and what what exactly does it mean? I mean, we're assuming right now, and it's a valid assumption, we're assuming that Ryback is a Paul Heyman guy. You know, is is he going to be represented by Heyman? Or are they, they just have a, a friendly relationship? You know, uh, they, they could tweak that a little bit. Uh, again, the assumption, I think, for most of us is that, all right, he is going to be a Paul Heyman guy. Um, I love the idea of going forward uh, with the Ryback-Brock uh, Lesnar feud. I would almost even, you know, bring Brock back... Um, Maybe you have the two of them team up for a little bit, and then friction starts to, uh, you know, bubble up between the two of them. Uh, you know, maybe Brock comes back still as a Heyman guy, but, uh, you know, there's there's friction between the two of them, and, and it explodes heading into WrestleMania. You know, someone, you know, when you look at Brock Lesnar, uh, most guys that Brock Lesnar wrestles, 
you, you look at his opponent and you think Brock Lesnar is just a uh, absolute, you know, physical mismatch. You know, that he's just so enormous. You know, he gets in the ring with a guy like Ryback. Um, you know, the two behemoths uh, getting in the ring together. Uh, you know, you, you like seeing that, you know, go in that direction. Uh, we've talked at length on this show many times uh, about the, the secondary titles and, and wanting to see them mean more and, uh, you know, the lineage of, of the IC title and, you know, growing up for, for both Dave and myself, like the IC title, um, you know, there were times it got damn near close to the same uh, prestige as uh, the WWE title. Uh, you know, it's not there yet, but in this sort of situation, you know, Heyman playing his mind games or, or COO Triple H tries to do something or whatever the case is, going into Monday Night Raw tonight, um, yeah, why not a, an IC title match? And, you know, I would almost go in another direction with, with uh, I, I'd have Ryback just absolutely kill Axel and, and take him off TV for a while. Um and then maybe when he you know he comes back he gets that pop because uh, he's a returning uh, hero. I, I agree with you. The biggest problem with Curtis Axel is I think you can you can do all this with him and it works theoretically speaking. But you know he he's not great on the microphone. So if you let him branch out on his own, um, is he able to handle it on his own? That's the only. You know, doubt. I, I like what I see so far out of Curtis Axel in the ring, uh, but when I look at what he's bringing uh, on the microphone, uh, you know, he, he's kind of a guy who needs uh, a mouthpiece. So, I mean, you know, Curtis Axel is definitely a big question mark. But getting back to, uh, you know, giving the title some prestige, you know, if Ryback comes in and they set up a title match tonight and Ryback destroys Curtis Axel. You have a monster with the IC championship. And, and, you know, if he just started running through guys, I'm not saying the IC title will ever get to a point where it was when we were growing up. But you have a monster holding that belt, mowing through guys, uh, going after that title. It at least will give the, the, the title a little bit of a push, uh, make it mean a little bit more. Uh, so I'd almost like to see that. Again, kind of hedging because I don't know where you go with a solo Curtis Axel, but I'd like to see, you know, and, and also illustrating how, like what Heyman can do, a, a refocused, a rededicated, a a more violent perhaps Ryback under the tutelage of one Paul Heyman absolutely destroys the current IC champion and takes the belt uh I, I, you know, speculating on what's going to happen tonight on Raw, I, I figure something like that's got to happen because they they really put it into focus, Dave, that they, you know, Heyman's trust in, in Curtis Axel was, was definitely fading. I mean, they definitely made it a point, you know, even at the beginning of, of the pay-per-view last night, you know, you, know, you, you do have confidence in, in, in Curtis, right? Uh, you know, they, they've definitely been pushing that whole idea that, uh, you know, maybe Heyman does not have uh, the utmost of confidence in what Curtis Axel can do. 
So, um, you know, if I was purely speculating, I, I would see an IC title uh, match uh, this evening on Raw, Dave. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it in last night's show uh, regarding the, the, the hype towards the, the handicap match. It kind of bothered me a little bit. The, the initial plans for Curtis Axel was to give him a good rub with Paul Heyman and make him seem like a – legitimate threat just in the WWE alone because the Michael McGillicuddy experiment, he was just a glorified jobber in my opinion and in most wrestling fans' opinion. And then they put him with Heyman and he's got, you know, instant credibility, but people aren't really buying it in some ways. And then, you know, the the lack of confidence. Paul Heyman gets in the ring, you know, with Curtis Axel and, and, and openly admits it with him standing there saying, you know, I'm afraid of what CM Punk is going to do to me. And he and he he's showed no confidence whatsoever in Axel heading into the pay-per-view with to the match with Punk. And I thought by the looks of last night's pay-per-view with the opening match being with Kofi Kingston, how competitive that was and Axel coming out the victor, I thought to myself, okay, maybe they're going to give Axel this big push now or getting this big win over CM Punk and helping keep Heyman, you know, Heyman's, you know, physical being intact without Punk killing him will, will help catapult Axel to, to, to bigger things in the WWE, not just being a Paul Heyman guy and the Intercontinental Champion. People might take him a little more seriously. I thought that that's the direction they were going to go by having him beat Kofi and then maybe beating Punk. But he was just made to look like Punk's bitch last night in that match in a lot of ways. And then, of course, the promo backstage. Do you realize what you know? You what what your job is tonight? Can you handle this? Can you do this? You know, I need your help. I don't know if you realize how important this is. You know, it just kind of made Axel look like a fool. And I think now, you know, now that you've brought this point up, it's it's more clear to me that, you know, maybe maybe in the storyline. Paul Heyman will say that Axel, I didn't have enough confidence in him. I thought he had something. He's not his father, but I thought I could mold him to be somebody because of his wrestling lineage. And he didn't, he didn't live up to the expectations and he failed me. And now I had to recruit somebody and get a plan B so that CM Punk wouldn't kill me. And that plan B being Ryback, um, you know, I could, I could kind of see that going in that direction. Maybe, Maybe, you know, with, with the involvement that Triple H had in the beginning of the show with Axel last night, maybe Triple H books Axel in a match with with Ryback and Paul Heyman plays stupid and is like, I don't know, he's not, I didn't ask for his help, he's not my client, but I support you, you're going to win the championship, and then he turns on Axel and Ryback walks out with the title tonight. I mean, I could see, I could see something like that taking place. So, um, as far as... Um, you know, the events that led up to last night and then eventually what took place, I don't see Curtis Axel being a Paul Heyman guy for very, very long. Um, and, there's a, and here's another thought that just came to mind, too. With the recent firing of Cody Rhodes and his second-generation lineage with Dusty, you know, his father being the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, his brother Goldust, and Curtis Axel with the third generation, you know, lineage that he has with his father, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning and Larry the Axe Henning, maybe we see kind of a second generation, not a stable, but maybe some sort of union 
like a short-term thing with Cody Rhodes and Curtis Axel against this, you know, Triple H regime maybe, or maybe even against Heyman and his group sometime down the line. I don't know. I just I, I kind of fits right now. I mean, otherwise I'm just afraid that once Heyman, once they do split up Heyman and Axel, it's not going to benefit Axel anyway. He'll have something short-term with the new Heyman guy, that guy being Ryback, and then. He'll fade off into the sunset, and you'll be seeing Curtis Axel every Wednesday night on WWE Main Event Wrestling, R-Truth, or Wade Barrett, or something. Again, getting into that, you know, and, and speculating, I mean, there's a few things now for Curtis Axel, and again, putting out there that, you know, not the best on the microphone, but giving him something to be angry about, to be really ticked off about, maybe that helps him with, with his mic skills, and maybe you give him something where, you know, he comes in and, like, you know, Heyman, how could you? How could you? And Heyman flat out says, I, I didn't think you can get the job done. And, you know, you have Curtis Axel, you know, basically Heyman turns on Axel. So maybe giving him that sort of intensity, uh, that sort of anger to his character helps helps with his mic work. Uh, the other thing, you know, what if they go in a direction, again, you have this, uh, uh, like you're saying, with the faction and, and perhaps going with uh, – you know, second, third generation stars like banding together. You know, what if tonight in some way, shape, or form, Triple H puts Axel in some sort of situation, whether it is against Ryback or someone else where, you know, Curtis Axel winds up getting himself fired. Um, and then you, you somehow you have Rhodes and, and Axel return together. Or maybe you have Axel and Rhodes return together as a tag team and, uh, they wind up taking on the shield, and maybe they strip the shield of their their tag team uh, belts. Um, I do like the idea of, in some way, shape, or form, allying Rhodes and uh, Axel, and and I do think getting together with a guy like Rhodes could only enhance Axel as far as his his mic work. Um, so that definitely will be interesting down the road. And again, you know, we're getting into the fantasy booking kind of thing, but uh, you know, in this. Uh, Raw pregame slash pay-per-view reaction show, uh, I would be pretty shocked if coming out of Raw tonight, uh, Curtis Axel is still the Intercontinental Champion. I, I see that that leaving him in some way, shape, or form tonight. Uh, Curtis Axel, to me, going into Raw tonight, he loses everything. He's uh, not going to be a Heyman guy, and he's not going to be Intercontinental Champion anymore, and maybe he even gets fired. But this is going to be a this is going to be a bad Monday night for Curtis Axel, um, you know, coming out of this this uh, Monday night. But uh, hopefully down the road a piece, it winds up being something good for Axel. But the the main focus, and as we get into Curtis Axel, and I guess wondering where his character goes, um, nothing but positive as far as uh, how this affects the Ryback character and you know they'll they'll have to be uh, you know some explanations and knowing Heyman I'm sure they'll there'll be some explanations on how they they've gotten together but uh I think Dave this is unbelievable for Ryback I think uh I'm not going to go back and try and find the transcript or the recording but I do believe when we were, we were talking about can you rebuild Ryback uh we did discuss like do you do you ally or figure out a way to ally him with Heyman to get him uh moving in the right direction but a guy who is so popular uh, coming into this year, and as you said, looked like he was moving into the main event picture. Nothing but positive for this guy coming out of last night. 
Absolutely. You know, they've they've they got they they believe in him. They got they got faith in him. Vince has always been known to like big guys. And Ryback's got a good look. He's not the greatest talker. He's okay in the ring. I mean, he's a big guy. He, he he does what he does, but he does it effectively. Let's just put it this way. You're not going to have him do drop toe holds and, uh, and uh, hurricane ranas and, you know, uh, German suplexes. And he's not going to be a technical wrestler by any means. He's a mauler. He's a, he's a, he's, he, he's, he's just a big, intimidating son of a bitch. He's a mauler. You know, that's, that's all I could say. Like, and, they have faith in him, and and they, you know Vince, like I said, he loves big guys, and they they got a. I think he's got a bright future. I've said it for a while now. A lot of people have, have soured on Ryback since you know his decline, but you know he put him in the right position, the right spot. I think he can excel and shine real well. And I think with Paul Heyman, the sky is the limit for Ryback. Nothing but good things. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ryback back in the title picture or at least back in some more relevant storylines at the top of the card before the end of the year. And with being with CM Punk, that's that he's already on that fast track to do that. Yeah, and it really, like, it, it shakes things up a bit. You know, you kind of see where, where things were going. Uh, the the Triple H and his COO storyline and Daniel Bryant and Randy Orton, all that stuff going on, Punk Heyman. You know, you, you kind of see the writing on the wall as, like, the storylines are going to progress uh, over time. There's this Ryback with Heyman thing just throws a wrench in the works, and uh, who knows where they're going to go with it, but uh, it does catapult him. And, and you know, like, I mean, I I think you really you bring up some real good points. I mean, when it comes to Ryback, you know, is he is he amazing in the ring? No, I guess, but like he does what he does well, and and you know you you kind of need those those brawlers. You know, not everybody has to be, uh, you know, an uber technical guy. You know, it's it's I, I think Ryback is is good at what he does. I I get the. Uh, comparisons to Goldberg. I mean, there there's a lot of Goldberg there, but, you know, I, I mean, I think there's a place for him, obviously, a guy who looks like that. There's a place for him. Um, and I do think that there there's, it's so easy to throw the criticism uh, towards guys and saying, you know, he can't talk, he can't talk. I don't think Ryback, look, no one's going to ever confuse Ryback with Dusty Rhodes or Roddy Piper or Ric Flair. I mean, I get that. But I, I I honestly don't think, I don't look at Ryback promos and think it's horrible. I, I think his promos fit who he is. Um, I actually, the other night, I really got a kick out of when he was trying to uh, illustrate his interview skills and uh, beat the hell out of that jobber backstage. And then, like, after he came up, he's, he's standing there with the mic, and he goes, now, guys, back to you. I thought that was hilarious. So, I mean, I I think he can do certain things on the mic. Again, I'm not going to want him to cut, like, a 10-minute promo. But as long as you keep Ryback's promos short and sweet, let him grunt a little bit, say some intimidating stuff, and then get away from it, um, and then, you know, teaming him with Heyman, that Heyman's doing the bulk of the talking. Um, I, I think he's going to be fine right now as far as his, his promos go. Uh, Heyman's only going to – and who knows, you know, being with Heyman, you know, Heyman may, may be teaching Ryback behind the scenes and maybe his promo work gets a little bit better. But, you know, Dave, when, when people get all caught up with guys and say, oh, his, his 
Mike's skills are terrible. Like we've talked about, like Curtis Axel comes off as mechanical, and and that's where like his Mike skills kind of fall short. I, I think at least for Ryback, his promos fit his character. Again, not amazing, but I'm I'm okay with Ryback on the mic. Yeah, I mean, the the it's funny you mentioned the uh, the, the the interview on Friday night when he was doing the interview segment as the backstage you know uh, interview guy. I kind of thought that that was the direction they were going to go in with him for a little while, and then eventually it would turn into like you know with, along with the bullying, and eventually it would turn into somebody coming back. Or somebody, you know, not taking it anymore and sticking up for whoever and having a feud with Ryback. I kind of like that stuff. He brought a little bit of personality to it, but it was kept short and sweet. There wasn't a whole lot, you know, for him to uh, to have to remember with his lines. Like, unfortunately, like Brock Lesnar. Like Brock Lesnar last year when he was redundant and spoke, you know, over, over 10, 15 minutes and just kept repeating himself. And he was, you know, he just looked like he was confused out there. They, they've, they've limited Ryback to what he's got to say. I mean, oh, Ryback had a catchphrase that just said, feed me more. That's all he had to say, and the place would go nuts. And then they would chant it along with him. So having Heyman now talking is going to help him. But at the same time, you know, he's he's – for what he does, it's a, it's simple and effective. He doesn't need to do a whole lot of talking. He's a big dude, and he's going to beat people up. And that, and and to be honest with you, that's why a lot of the wrestlers were back in the day when they had a manager. How many guys did did talk that were managed by Bobby Heenan? Not too many. Bobby Heenan was the was the voice of of was the mouthpiece for those guys. Same thing with guys like Jimmy Hart and Mr. Fuji. Even though Mr. Fuji's English was terrible, he still spoke. You know that, that this is what Paul Heyman is designed to do to to cover up some of the weaknesses of some of these talents and and speak for them and and help get them over. And that's what I think is the purpose of this for Ryback. And I like I said, sky's the limit with him, with him and Ryback and. I, I, I'm really looking forward to where they go with these two, especially tonight. Yeah, a lot of speculation going, and I think you know, I think for both of us, uh, you know, we're going to get into uh, you know looking at what Raw is going to have tonight, as well as reaction to the pay per view. Um, but for both of us, uh, to me, that was the most significant thing. Even though we had a WWE title change there, um, the most significant thing to come out of this, I think, is, is a guy that that. Uh, Really was with no direction that they've given him a a solid purpose now, and uh, you know again catapult him. He gets real close to the main event uh, real quickly. I mean, arguably, you know, looks like they're going to be obviously entering a program again with CM Punk, and you know maybe CM Punk technically is not in the main event picture per se at this moment, but he's a main eventer, um, and so Ryback. Uh, on the fast track back into uh, the main event picture right now. Uh, very good for for him, for a guy who, uh, you know, we're looking at a lot of positive going forward and uh, definitely dipped a lot. Uh, we'll see what, what we can do with, uh, what Heyman can do with him going forward. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with him tonight on Monday Night Raw. 347-838-9815. Pay-per-view last night. Raw coming up tonight. It's a reaction slash pregame show this evening, so tell us what you think about everything going on in the world of pro wrestling, and we're going to start off with Tony. Tony's on the line. Are you there? Feed me more, guys. (laughs) 
Hi, oh, I'm my bandwagon now. Yeah, well, I, I actually did, I didn't see the show last night, but I did. You know, I heard it was like, like you said, it was kind of like a holding pattern show, and it wasn't been really like. It kind of, from what I read about it, it felt kind of more like it was a like a Raw, you know, like a, like an, an episode of Raw. Um, but as far as the Ryback stuff, yeah, I mean, um, Heyman being his manager is is like I, I think probably the best thing you can do for him because, like you said, you know, it's like. You know, when when he speaks in like you know, like little bits, you know, like when like when he when he doesn't do monologues, he's actually good to hear. You know, but like is having someone like Heyman be, be his mouthpiece could actually, you know, it, I I do agree. I do think it, it, it could uh, could get him over, you know, like over the way he you know, like because you know, like I said, I still I still don't get why they turned him here because he was he was he was he was super over with that feeding me more chance as, as a baby face, but. I mean, if they want to have him be a heel, you know, it's like what better way than to have Paul Heyman be a manager? You know, yeah, and it works on so many levels. I mean, you, you bring up a good point, and, and you know, the heel turn seemed a bit forced, and uh, you know, it was kind of weird. I mean, he was super over, but you know, the, this thing, and again, when you look at allying him with Paul Heyman, um, and you know, Dave said sky's the limit now. I mean, there's so many possibilities, and when you bring up the possibility of let's just say, a Brock Lesnar-Ryback rivalry down the road. And we speculated on, on Lesnar being uh, the face, but, you know, what if that that's the time where, you know, going into WrestleMania, that that's how they turn Ryback face again? And uh, Brock comes back as the heel, and Heyman turns his back on Ryback because his guy Brock is back, and, you know, they, that's how they turn Ryback face again. I mean, he, you're right, he was super over uh, you know, a guy that, you know, you would figure at some point down the road a piece, he'd probably turn face again. What, you know, what more perfect guy than to ally him with Heyman? Because down the road a piece, if Heyman screws over Ryback, Ryback is, is insta-face and insta-over. So, um, you know, they can go in so many directions where they want to keep Ryback badass heel, whether they're looking to turn him back to a face down the road a piece. Um, whether it is Brock that they're looking to uh, have him go against or Brock that they're going to team him up and they're going to be a, a monster tag team. Uh, you know, what are they going to do with him and Punk? There's just so many possibilities. I just, uh, it, it's just, you know, when you look at things in wrestling, it, it's rare that you see something that in, in one felt swoop, it's just all positive for this guy. And, and you know, Lesnar needs to be thanking the wrestling gods because, uh after having a you know a hugely popular beginning to the year and really falling like a rock, he's in a great spot right now. Who, uh, right, um, yeah, you guys. Who you mean, Ryback? Sorry, yes, Ryback. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, but um, he is kind of in a good spot right now. It's, it's like you know, it's doing him and Brock Lesnar. Eventually, uh, I can see that. You know, I. I could see them, you know, doing a good job and getting the feeling and getting the fans to want to see that if they do, if they do uh, if they do go with that at WrestleMania, um, you know. But as far as what to do with Curtis Axel, I could I could definitely, um, you know, I, I I could see you know we talked about before happening tonight too, you know, because but you know, like I say, you know, the thing is like you, you said he he doesn't have the charisma that his dad used to, which is you know it's like I say his mic skill, you know his you know so it's, he he needs a mouthpiece. Which is the only kind of like drawback I see to that to, to that happening, but I but I um, I can definitely see that you know like 
like what you were saying before, you know, it's like Heyman just said, telling Axel, well, you know, I wasn't totally confident that you can get the job done, so he had Ryback as the, as the backup guy. And, uh, you know, and then, yeah, I'm, I, I, can, I can definitely see that happening. Uh, what are you know, thoughts on curious, like, when it comes to Curtis Axel? Like, what, what are your, your thoughts on him? I mean, do you see? You know, it's interesting because he's still young. Um, you know, his dad is, is the character evolved over over years. You look at some of Kurt Hennig's early work, like he, he wasn't gold on the microphone from the very beginning. He he got better. Um I'm just curious, like what what are your I mean, do you see Curtis Axel rising up the ranks? Do you think he's just uh he's just gonna be a, a mid carter slash jobber? I'm I'm curious, uh, Tony, what your thoughts are as far as uh where you think Curtis Axel can go? Oh, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of early to tell it to figure that out. I guess you know because like I say, I, I think he's a solid, the good, you know, he's solid, good in the in, in the ring. I think you know, I think he, you know, his matches are his matches are good. You know, um, but like I say, you know, if you know, maybe if he can develop the, uh, you know, maybe I don't know, maybe in like a year or so, he could, you know, his mic skills will improve too. I don't know, maybe maybe. Uh, you know, I don't know if he'll ever be like a, the the guy, you know, like, like the top the top guy. But you know, it's I mean, I, I can see like, you know, he's been around for like what two three years now. I forget when NXT season two began. He's certainly but, uh, better than Miz. Let's just put it that way. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's a no burner, but um, yeah, because the Michael McGillicutter thing was that name. That name was just stupid. Uh, but. Uh, I don't know, as, as far as, like, what to do, uh, I actually, like, Dave, was your idea to put him with Cody Rose to, as a team? Like, not necessarily a tag team. Maybe they just, like, form, like, a union, like an alliance of some sort, something short-term. Because I think Cody is better than, you know, being in a tag. He's done tag team with Ted DiBiase, Damian Sandow. But they have that link of being, like, second-generation wrestlers. And so... Like I said, you know, last night Triple H forced Axel to defend the Intercontinental title, and he's, you know, if you remember, Axel was the first, he had his debut match as a Heyman guy against Triple H, so there's a little bit of that bad blood there. He books, you know, Axel in a match against either Ryback or even somebody like Ken's idea about Maybe, you know, if he loses the match, he gets fired. And then you got that, like I said, you got that second-generation link between the two of them, and they come back, and they could go, you know, Axel could go after, um, you know, Heyman and Ryback, maybe further down the line. But it was Triple H that fired him in the meantime, and him and Cody can come back, and maybe they could take out the shield, or they can go after Orton or something like that. But I think just something short-term to kind of give, to kind of give Axel somewhat of a rub. And he doesn't really need to talk. Cody's not a bad talker. I mean, he cut that that, that on-fire promo when he left the arena that night when he got fired. So he doesn't really need to do a whole lot of talking, but just a, something short-term to kind of kind of jumpstart a babyface run maybe for him. Interesting. And, um, just just like curious, that. Tony. Before before we let you go, uh, is there anything going into uh, tonight's Monday Night Raw that you're really looking forward to seeing? Uh, I'm I'm anxious to see what you know, Dusty's got to say. What Dusty's going to uh, say. I agree. And anytime, you know, just give Dusty a mic and uh, sit back, relax. Uh, I'm 
sure if they let Dusty have a couple minutes and he gets to cut a promo, he'll uh, he'll be a leading candidate for the nod of approval uh, our next time around when we do it. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing Dusty. Looking forward to, uh, you know, hopefully they give him some time with the mic and he gets to, to cut a real good promo because it's, it's – He's just a guy like he's he's always gold when it, when he's got a mic in his hand. Tony, thank you for calling. We'll talk to you next week. Again, you guys remember Tony, best blogger in the business. Check out thekenreadyshow.com. Each and every week he blogs on Raw, SmackDown, in, and Impact. Thanks a lot for the call. We'll talk to you next Monday. All right, guys. Take it easy. And there's Tony's take on things. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because I guess, you know, Tony didn't watch the pay-per-view, but, uh, you know, heard uh, what happened and uh, a lot of excitement uh, surrounding Ryback and, and what happened there. So uh, interesting stuff. And we're going to continue with the phones because we got Mr. Trivia on the line. Haven't heard from him in a while. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, hey, guys. Welcome back. Thanks. Uh, welcome aboard. Hey, Thanks for giving us a call. What do you got for us tonight? Uh, well, the pay-per-view last night, unfortunately, I, I saw only two matches. Uh, fell asleep for the rest of them, but uh, it was a uh, it was a pretty good two matches that I saw. I saw the uh, CM Punk match and I saw the Daniel Bryan match. So it uh, turned out uh, those two matches turned out pretty good. I was kind of surprised with the Daniel Bryan match. I think that uh, there's going to be something going on tonight where maybe Triple H might do something as far as the title goes again. And you know they didn't want Daniel Bryan to be champion to begin with, and now he's champion. So I don't know, you might see something going on with the title tonight. <laughs> I'm also looking forward to hearing the Bull of the Woods, Dusty Rhodes, should be on tonight, which is going to be interesting. But, uh, Ken, every time I mention this, I for some reason, for the last some odd months, you have your co-host over there, who is obviously the smartest man I have ever met in the wrestling business. And, Dave, I mean that sincerely. Thank you very and, much. Uh he always seems to answer every trivia question that I've ever asked him. Even if it was in the 1950s, he still gets it. But, Ken, I'm going to start off your new show. By the way, welcome back. I miss you guys tremendously. I'm going to start off tonight with asking you a question, Ken. All right, sure. And uh, I'm pretty sure you're just as knowledgeable as Dave, but uh, I'd like to see if you can answer this question. Dave, I'm pretty sure you know it. I asked it to you on the computer the other day. Um Ken, which former WWF WCW well, excuse me, which former WWF WWE women's champion is a former Dallas Cowboys cheerleader? Man, I, I you know it's funny, I saw that question and I, I I had no idea. I was trying to I know I think it was uh I know Layla was uh wasn't she like a Miami Heat cheerleader? Layla was Miami Heat, yes. Um but yeah, I, I I was thinking and thinking, and I was trying to think it was like someone old school, but uh, I did see the question, and uh, yeah, I I really I I actually kind of looked up a couple, and I was like, oh, she wasn't. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I have really have no idea. So, uh, Wendy Richter. Was it Wendy Richter? Wendy Richter. Yeah, I didn't. I to be honest with you, I didn't even know that, Mister Trivia. Honestly, really? God, I would have thought. I would I would have thought it was one of the the more recent ones like Candice Michelle or Tori Wilson or something. I I had no, no. idea she was. Was yeah, that was Wendy when the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders had like skirts going down to their ankles? 
Yeah, probably back then, yeah. But, uh, Ken, unfortunately for you, uh, you know, I kind of want to say, you know, rough luck last night on your 49er game. I kind of figured they would, uh, you know, at least uh, play a little bit better, but that Seattle's a good team. Yeah, no, they look like garbage. But, uh, not getting on to that. Uh, guys, one other thing is um, I didn't get a chance to really understand this uh, Ryback thing. I, I understand that it looks like Ryback is going to be a Paul Heyman guy. And, uh... If Ryback is a Paul Heyman guy, then I think uh, maybe Ryback and Brock Lesnar would be a pretty nasty tag team. I agree. I mean, it's you know, if they decide to go in that direction, I think, uh, like we've been saying all along as we've, we've dissected this move by the WWE creatively, um, there's so many directions you can go in. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to, you know, those quote-unquote all-star tag teams, I mean, Fans like them, or if they're they're two monster heels, fans will really dislike them. Um, you know, it's it's something that uh, they could look at uh, down the road a piece. Just these two guys ripping through the uh, tag team division. Um, I think there's a lot of directions you can go in with this, but uh, you know, that's definitely one of them that, if done the right way, uh, could be very entertaining. I mean, Paul Heyman standing in the middle of. Uh, you know, the two most dominant forces in, in wrestling today um, definitely could be a a very effective pairing. So uh, I, I think yeah. it's exciting because there's there's so many different directions they can go in. And, and every direction you, you think of, like you know, it's got a lot of potential to work. So it's definitely a very yeah. good move uh, by pairing Ryback with Heyman. Yeah, also, uh, guys, you might want to... Uh... Watch out for this guy, Ken. I got a message the other day on my uh, Facebook page, and I guess uh, NWA on Fire has got a show coming up. And I guess uh, from what I heard, there's a rumor going on that there's a guy from PWA that's going to be appearing on that card. His name is King Swipes. I guess he's going to be out the. Uh, I guess he's going to be on one of the NWA on Fire shows coming up pretty soon. You might want to keep an eye on this guy. He's got a lot of talent. Yeah, well, dude, just so you know, like we, we're actually not affiliated with the NWA anymore, so it's Wrestling on Fire. Oh, didn't know that. Okay. Well, guys, it was a pleasure talking to you again. Hopefully we'll give you a call again on next Monday. Ken and Dave, like I said, welcome back. It's a pleasure to talk to the two best men in the pro wrestling business. And, guys, we'll talk to you later on. Thanks a lot, Mr. Trivia. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. It's interesting, Dave. I mean, what, what do you think of that? I mean, you know, Mr. Trivia brings up a, a good point. Um, I don't know if it works necessarily if you still have the shield with the tag team belts. Uh, but uh, you know, what do you think if they went the tag team direction with uh, Brock and Ryback? I mean, in a perfect wrestling world, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. They dominate the tag team division, and eventually they get a babyface tag team to build them up to – to chase after these two monsters, but however, you know, we, we all know Brock Lesnar's contract situation. He works limited dates, um, and uh, he's not around as much, and he's basically a special attraction uh, piece for the WWE. He comes in, works here and there, you know, sells some T-shirts, pay-per-view buy rates go up. Um, you know, he, he's, he's brought in uh, to basically, you know, pop a rating or pop a pay-per-view buy rate and work with, have the dream matches. He's the dream match opponent, you know, for, for the WWE. And, you know, he's worked with John Cena, he's worked with Triple H, and he's worked with CM Punk, three big names in the WWE. 
Um, two of them are bona fide future Hall of Famers. So I think Brock Lesnar and, and, and Ryback as a tag team, I mean, I don't, like I said, in a, in a perfect world, it would be pretty cool. However, for the situation, I don't think it's. I don't think it allows it right now, if at all. Unless Brock Lesnar says, "Hey, I want to be here every day," which he doesn't, because <laughs> that's the reason why he left. You know, in the first place, nine years ago, he didn't want to be with the company every day. So, but having the two of them, you know, for a short period of time, maybe cause some rain, you know, some, some terror and destruction, just beating guys up with Heyman, you know, pulling all the strings. That'd be pretty cool, but as a tag team, uh, I don't think it works right now in today's WWE. And uh, it would make every tag team—if they were to win the tag team titles and they defeat every tag team, then you might as well just get rid of the tag team division altogether. Yeah, maybe they'll do that. <laughs> but as we, you know, we we talk and we're so uh, uh, positive and and happy and uh, you know, yay, go Ryback uh, after. Uh, you know, uh, being a sinking stone for uh, quite some time. Uh, another match, real solid match last night on the pay-per-view, but uh, intriguing what's coming out of it and what's going on. A guy that we've been high on for quite some time. Uh, when you look at last night's match between uh, Dean Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler, uh, Ambrose victorious, uh, still holding on to that U.S. championship. Um, but... Uh, a guy like right now, Dave, uh, wow, like, you know, there's reports of uh, Ziggler kind of being in the doghouse. Um, here's a guy that, again, when, uh, and you and I were both there, you know, when, when he cashed in, um, you know, I've been at a few WrestleManias. I've, you know, been to a number of live events. Uh, when Ziggler decided to cash in, one of the biggest pops I've ever been at live. And again, as we're talking about, you know, like we talked about Ryback, started off the year strong, dropped like a rock, now seems like he's in the right direction. Uh, Ziggler's been dropping for quite some time, and you kind of start to wonder, all right, where are they going to go with Dolph? A guy with all the talent in the world uh, seems a little bit lost right now. Yeah, um, from what I, yeah, I've heard he's in the doghouse big time. Um, I mean, he jobbed. To, he lost to Bray Wyatt last Monday Night Raw. Another guy that they have put a lot of focus on and want to build up, a, build this new character on WWE television. So um, it's 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 a shame, but I think you know he's. I, I think the company still sees something in him. He's very talented. He's a go-to guy. They know that what they can get out of him in the ring as far as his in-ring performances go. He's very popular amongst you know women and and young males, he sells he sells a good chunk of t-shirts and merchandise. So I think he's going to ride this one out, and then eventually they'll they'll move him back up the ladder, and uh, he'll be um, he'll he'll be you know in the main event scene or he'll be in some relevant top storylines. But for now, he's in the doghouse, and I think what's really going to I think what's going to happen is is you know from what I've read, a lot of this. It is, uh, his punishment is coming from an interview he did regarding Randy Orton, where he had spoke about how 
Randy Orton has gotten so many chances, yet he's got two strikes on the wellness policy, and they still see something in him as being, you know, a, a company guy that, you know, that, that they can rely on. But Dolph is busting his ass every night and not getting the respect that he deserves. And I think, like we talked about last time with a lot of this blurring the lines between fiction and reality, I think some of that might come into play once they decide to finally say, okay, we're going to push him again. And we may even see a Dolph Ziggler-Randy Orton feud at some point, whether it be for the title or not. We may see Dolph Ziggler get a shot at the belt, um, you know, sometime down the line during this title, during Randy Orton's title. All depending on what they do tonight, I think Randy Orton's going to get the title back. I'm just kind of, you know, skipping over what's taking, what could take place tonight on Raw, but I think Randy Orton's going to get the title back. And, he, and Ziggler would be a good baby face to chase the belt for, you know, a month or two against the Randy Orton, and he, he bumps like crazy. So he would definitely sell, you know, really well for the, the, the offensive moves that Randy Orton has in the ring, and it all, all around it would be a great match. And but I think they're going to kind of bring some of that reality into the storyline, and then eventually that's what's going to, get Ziggler out of the doghouse. They'll acknowledge it. They'll use it as part of a storyline. And then Ziggler will be out of the doghouse and moving onward and upward in the WWE. Um, but, yeah, the, the interview, I guess, wasn't the, 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 the best thing for him and for his career at this moment. But at the same time, who's to say that that is that, that he wasn't in character during that interview, and this isn't a part of a story. Like, who's to say the company didn't go to him and be like, okay, we're going to job you out on TV. We're going to, you know, you're in the, it's going to leak out that you're in the doghouse, but you're really not. It's a part of the storyline because of what you said in this interview. So, and then we're going to build to this and then get you there, and then boom, you're off kind of thing. Maybe they went to him and did that. I mean, who knows? Like I said, I'm still not sold on Jim Ross being retired. You know, this could be part of that storyline, too, as well. You know, WWE.com broke the news first, and normally you, you hear the dirt sheets breaking the news about that kind of stuff. So time will tell. We'll see what happens. But I love Ziggler, and I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind seeing another match with him and Ambrose. It was pretty solid. I don't think they got enough time, though, last night. I, I think they deserved a little more time on, on, the, on the pay-per-view, but unfortunately, you know, there were other important matches on the show. Agreed. Yeah, I thought it was a real solid match. We'd like to see it go longer. Um, you know, who knows? And, and you, those are all good points. I mean, it would be cool if this is, uh, you know, all storyline and, uh, you know, they're really looking to, to blur the lines a little bit more. But, uh, you know, there's a guy, Ziggler, all the talent in the world, uh, right now, again, kind of uh, kind of lost a little bit. But if this all, you know, if the payoff works down the road a piece and uh, we see Ziggler elevated again, uh, well, then kudos to him. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're going to go back out to the phones right now. Caller, are you there? Caller. I have an eight six zero number. Going once, going twice. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, call us back. I an eight six zero number. Uh, pulled you up. Uh, Sorry you weren't there, but uh, call us back. We'll try and get you on ASAP. So 347-838-9815. Again, this is our new time slot. Each and every Monday night, you're going to get to check out a raw pregame show coming at you each and every Monday night. And Sundays, we're just going to go pay-per-view nights. So going with that pregame kind of format. So 
You know, and you come home from work and you're getting ready to to watch Monday Night Raw, you know, get your dinner ready and uh, hang out and listen to the show for a little bit as we take you right into Raw at 8 o'clock, 6 to 8 p.m. each and every Monday night, giving you the best in pro wrestling talk. And we want to hear from you. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We've hit on Ryback. We touched a little bit on Ziggler. So much more to talk about going into Monday Night Raw, we haven't even hit on Daniel Bryant, the brand new WWE champion. What is going on there? How is the COO Triple H going to react? Is Randy Orton still the face of the company? Where do they go with them? Obviously, shaking things up a lot with a brand new champion, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about coming out of the pay-per-view and going into Monday Night Raw tonight with a brand new WWE champ. But we're going to get right to that on the other side of the break. But now it is time for the 50-50 Day 5 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. Welcome back. The illustrious return of the hashtag Day 5 News Report. Only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show at our new time slot every Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m. But you'll hear the Day 5 Report at 7 p.m. Hopefully, if Mike Ferrer doesn't call before that. Now... On to the news. Our top story this week. ProWrestlingInsider.com reports that the WWE has released three developmental talents today. First, Jesse White, the son of WWE legend Big Van Vader, wrestled as Jake Carter and last appeared on NXT TV in January. Luther Ward, who wrestled as Omen, and Malik Omari, who was signed in early 2013 from the United Kingdom. In our second story, according to PWInsider.com, former WWE performer Mike Drossi, who was otherwise known as Duke the Dumpster Drossi, was indicted on charges of selling morphine to undercover authorities earlier today. Drossi, who has been working as a, I'm sorry, excuse me, early Friday, he was arrested on Friday, I apologize. Drossi, who has been working as a special education teacher in Centertown, Tennessee, was arrested Friday evening. In our third story, for you TNA fans out there, TNA knocked out Mickey James' contract with TNA Wrestling has expired today, and is now she is now a free agent. James reportedly rejected a new offer from the company. And for those of you who do not like to be spoiled, do not like spoilers, either turn down the volume on the radio or on your computer, on your smartphone, your tablet, whatever you got, or just walk out of the room because I'm going to spoil it for you. On this Thursday's Impact, Mickey James will be dropping the knockout title to one ODB as a way to write her off of television. In our fourth story this evening, a rather interesting story, and Ken, you might find this one interesting being a boxing fan, former boxing heavyweight champion Riddick Bowe will make his professional wrestling debut for Preston City Wrestling on March 1st, 2014. PCW issued a press release this week announcing that Bo will appear on the February 28th event for a contract signing. There has not been an opponent determined for Riddick Bo yet. For those of you who aren't familiar with Riddick Bo, Riddick Bo is a won the WBA, WBC, and, and IBF titles in 1992, and later won the WBO championship in 1995. 
And our final story this evening, the WWE has decided to cut costs at live events by no longer bringing along extraneous personnel like Zeb Coulter and Vicky Guerrero. Oddly enough, they still continue to pay 3MB to show up. <laughs> Currently right now is 7.03 East Eastern Standard Time. You just listened to the Day 5 News Report, only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show every Monday night at the top of the second hour. Ken, back to you. Good stuff, Dave. Thanks a lot for bringing the news to us. And, uh, you know, it's good. Yeah, we, we we prepared people that we were giving them a spoiler, but it was it was newsworthy, and that's why uh, we wanted to do that. So we're not really uh, – we don't support the spoiler thing, but uh, in our pre-show meeting, we decided uh made the most sense as far as uh, relaying the news. So uh, if we spoiled a big thing for you, we apologize. But we told you to turn down the volume, and I hope the volume is back up right now. Because one of the new segments we got going on this show, uh, we're going to alternate. we got the rant, and sometimes you're going to have the Rosen rant, sometimes you're going to have the Reedy rant. And tonight you're getting the Reedy rant, because last night the pay-per-view, as much as it was a solid pay-per-view, and we're saying, you know, B, maybe some people thought it was an A, but uh, it was a solid, solid, entertaining pay-per-view. But, oh my God, one thing... That really bugs me, really gets under my skin, is don't treat me like an idiot. Don't treat me like I don't know. And you know what? When I look at the polls, the polls last night on the pay-per-view, you know, just do away with them. Because you had a real entertaining pay-per-view, and the polls for the most part, were nonsense and made no sense. And the one thing, the, the polls illustrated two things to me. Either, number one, there are a lot of wrestling fans out there that are answering polls that don't have a clue about the history of wrestling, what went into making superstars, what went into the past and past champions, and, and they don't have a clue. But more importantly, there's a big part of me that wonders, are these polls even polls? Is somewhere some guy deep in the dark reaches in a locked room in the dark with just his computer sitting there and his job is just to make up results for the polls? Because some of the poll results were nonsensical. And I was okay. You know, look, Hulk Hogan being the, the top WWE champ, okay, fine. Uh, but, I mean, Ric Flair... Rick Flair, Rick freaking Flair gets 14% of the vote for the all-time greatest heavyweight champion. Are you kidding me? And, and, and if that's not bad enough, the fact that Booker T, Booker T wins. <laughs> Booker T is the greatest world heavyweight champion of all time. I would have even given, you know, if The Undertaker won, I would have said it still should be Ric Flair, but Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Booker T is the greatest world heavyweight champion of all time? Are you kidding? And this is one of those survey results, these poll results, that I look at and I say, you know what? I'm not sure if they're being honest out there because, you know, Booker T is kind of doing some stuff. He's kind of been a little bit of heelish behind the scenes and, and doing some stuff and, 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 you know, coaching Big Show to follow orders and not, not buck the system. And, you know, I'm wondering if, 
you know, lo and behold, we go into Monday Night Raw tonight. Is Booker T or King Booker going to use this as as part of his character that he is now the greatest world heavyweight champion of all time? And if he does use that as a character, I really doubt the validity of the poll altogether. Plus the fact the best tag team of all time, the best tag team of all time is Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Really? And I can't say really again because then I'm going to be quoting The Miz. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> Shawn Michaels the tag team of all time. And I'm stealing this from someone else, but he posted on Facebook, and I apologize because I don't remember who it was. But Shawn Michaels and Triple H were not even the best tag team in DX. You had the, the Road Dog and, and Billy Gunn were a much better tag team. And you had X-Pac when he teamed up with Kane. They were better tag teams. When I think of DX, I don't even think of them as a, as a tag team. So, you know, for them to win the, the greatest tag team of all time was, was farcical. I, I just thought the polls were silly. Um, I would much rather, instead of doing the polls, maybe just do a historical retrospective uh you know, a, a short like a video. I like the way the show opened with a montage of the different champions over the years. But you know, the polls just got really, really silly. And I think most wrestling fans were sitting there shaking their head, like, "You, you got to be kidding me!" So, for me, the one drawback of the pay per view last night was those silly little poll questions. That is my rant for the evening. Please, for the love of God. If they're being orchestrated behind the scenes by the WWE, stop. And if those are genuine poll questions, for the love of God, you people who are answering these poll questions and voting for them, look up your history. That's all I got. There's the rant. Let's get back into the show. Good thing it wasn't my rant this month because I was gonna I, I was gonna really tear into it too, but with some more colorful language. Jesus, I I, I totally feel you on that one. Totally feel you. That was that was god awful. The, 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 I was in Hooters when they announced that Booker T had become the greatest world champion of all time, and everybody booed. And then once they stopped booing, all of a sudden they went woo for Ric Flair. Even the little kids in there were wooing for Ric Flair. And I don't know if they were wooing because they wanted him to win the poll, but they were all wooing. Everybody was wooing in there. I think even one of the Hooters girls wooed. I mean, it's weird. Like, I mean, not only does Flair lose, I mean, he's he's second to last. I mean, that's just to me, that's just absolutely crazy. I mean, most wrestling fans, like world championship aside, most wrestling fans are saying. You know, Ric Flair is on the short list to be the best of all time, period. You know, and he's got three guys ahead of him on on this poll question. It it just, it it, it was silly. And, and, you know, who knows? Sometimes I think these poll questions are meant to piss people off. So who knows? But I am really curious when when they came out of that and what they've been doing with Booker T's character, um, if he's going to end up using this as being the, the greatest world heavyweight champion of all time, but uh, we shall see. But getting into what we're going to see tonight and getting back to some of the positive stuff uh, in the pay-per-view last night, some interesting stuff surrounding that World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, interesting for both of us, like when we we did our predictions, um, you picked RVD, uh, but you you were picking a title change. Uh, I picked Del Rio, uh, thinking that he was going to retain the title. 
So uh, both of us kind of right and wrong uh, on that prediction. But uh, as far as the victor goes, you got the uh, victor right. RVD wins the match, uh, does not get the uh, the championship. Uh, a decent match. Curious uh, where exactly they're going to go uh, moving forward with this. Uh, a lot of speculation of Ricardo turning. That didn't happen last night. Um you know, does RVD get another shot? Do they move in a different direction? Um, and again, solid match. Except, you know, I'm just thinking storyline-wise, uh, as we talk about, you know, Orton and Brian, and we're really going to get into that in a little bit. Uh, but you talk about that, you talk about Heyman and Punk and everything. We talk about these storylines that have legs and look like they have longevity, and you want to see them uh, expand and move forward and keep going. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much longer I want to see the uh, – uh, Alberto Del Rio RVD feud going. I mean, it was a, it was a fun match. It wasn't you know, it didn't you know blow the roof off the building. Um, I expected a bigger pop for RVD considering he's from the Michigan area originally. Um, he, he was he was trained by um, the original Sheik, uh, the the uncle of Sabu, uh, who RVD has plenty of uh, history with from the original ECW, and I figured he was going to get a huge pop, and it just kind of you know. It was a nice to see it kind of pop, but it wasn't, you know, oh, my God, he's back in, in, in Detroit, you know. But other than that, the match itself, solid match. The finish, it sets up a rematch with the two of them, kind of prolongs it. I think with Van Dam bringing back the Van Terminator with the chair, uh, we might see some sort of a no disqualification match, something where there might be weapons involved, or maybe this is where Del Rio, maybe they don't put Del Rio and Ricardo back together, which has been, you know, speculated and rumored about since, probably since Ricardo joined RVD, or at least put on that ridiculous T-shirt. Um, but uh, maybe Del Rio enlists in like a bodyguard. Or another, or a manager of some sorts, or some sort of henchman to counteract Ricardo being at ringside for RVD. Uh, I don't know, but it's it's gonna. It, after last night, I see it continuing. And from what I understand, from what I've read, um, when Van Dam returned back in July at the Money in the Bank pay per view, and he signed a contract with the WWE, his deal. I don't know how long the deal is, but from what I understand, in the duration of that contract, um, in the terms and the agreements, he wrestles for 90 days, and then he takes some time off, then he comes back and wrestles for another 90 days. So he's all, the, the longest he's going to wrestle is 90 days. So from what I understand, he's advertised all the way up until, I want to say next month, in, in, in the, the Battleground pay-per-view that's coming up in a, in, uh, in, in a few weeks. If not, maybe Hell in the Cell the latest, and then he'll take some time off and he'll probably come back for the WrestleMania swing uh, right around the Royal Rumble. But um, it, it, might be, it might be a way to kind of put a feather in uh, Del Rio's cap by having him defeat him and, and, and uh, take him off TV for the meantime until he comes back. I don't know, but it's going to continue for at least a little while longer. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely set up for a rematch. It was interesting. Did you notice at the end of that match that it looked like Del Rio was holding the chair in place? Um, I didn't, I, I, I didn't notice it initially, but when, now that you mention it, I remember watching the replay when Van Dam did the, when they showed the Van Terminator and Ricardo, I mean, he had one arm, you know, 
per the storyline. So he couldn't hold the chair up with one arm being on the outside. So I guess, yeah, you could, I remember seeing Del Rio's hands up. I don't know if that was the block from the chair hitting him in the face or if he was actually there to hold it up. But I didn't, I didn't notice that initially. But I could see that happening because I did see his hands near the chair at some point. Well, it's funny because it looked like poor, poor uh, uh, Ricardo was trying to navigate uh, not using his left arm, which was in a yeah. sling, and trying to grab the chair and set it up. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so maybe it just he didn't get it set properly and uh, Del Rio had to hold it there. But, uh, you know, definitely uh, something interesting there. And that looks like it's going to follow uh, – it's going to continue – I, again, like I just don't know. Like for me as a fan, I'm not. I can't say that I'm excited for a program. Good match, solid match, entertaining match. Uh, we'll see where that that'll go. Um, one thing, also another, you know, and we should have seen the writing on the wall going forward. But uh, you know, not not a whole hell of a lot of title changes last night. Uh, AJ Lee retaining her Diva Championship, and I'm going to post it up right now on our Facebook page if you want to take a look at it. But uh, very interesting stuff that. Um, AJ Lee just tweeted a picture of her with the the old women's championship as well as the Divas championship. So, you know, is there, you know, is she going to try and bring back the the women's title? Is there going to be some sort of uh talk about the the old title and the new title? Um or is it just AJ Lee having a bit of fun uh with uh the fans in, in tweeting a picture like this with the old uh, women's title belt and the new title, a uh, new divas title belt. Who knows? But, uh, you know, as far as what AJ Lee has done so far uh, in the divas division, um, she's brought some life to it. I thought it was an entertaining match, uh, especially, you know, we haven't had a lot of that uh, as far as the divas goes on pay-per-views, entertaining match, fun match. I, I'm really a big fan of, of AJ's finisher. Uh, I liked the idea that everyone decided to gang up on AJ to, to start the match. So uh, entertaining stuff. And uh, wherever they're going to go with this, uh, when it comes to Total Divas, uh, her being the champion, her rivalry with, uh, it seems like, all the other ladies uh, in the company, uh, this this feud has legs. And for the first time in a long time, I'm kind of curious uh, where a, a ladies storyline is going to go. Yeah, it was a solid, uh, solid match between the girls. You know, four of them. Um, if there was one thing about the match that you didn't like, you still had three other girls. You know, one or one person in particular in the match you didn't like, then you still had three other girls that could, you know, produce. Um, you know, it was short and to the point and quick match. Um, I like Natalia's double sharpshooter. I didn't like the fact that they said, wow, this is the first time we've ever seen this. And then if you go back and look, she had done it to like two or three other girls before. So I love how they insult the intelligence of the of the smart wrestling fans. Um, but other than that, um, I'd like to, to be honest with you, Amy, I, I like your idea of like her feuding with all the other girls and how this will you know, parlay into the Total Divas, you know, the, their second season that they have coming up in November. But I'd love to see just AJ and Natalia uh, and, and just the two of them. I mean, I don't see anything in the Bella, in the Bella Twins or whichever one wrestled, I don't know. Um, and I don't see anything in the, the, the one of the Funkadactyls, Cameron. I mean, I... I didn't care for the other two. Uh, to me, the match was AJ and Natalia. And they, the two of them basically controlled most of that match, if you think about it. The other two girls were just kind of 
bump it around for 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 those two and and making them look good. So um, it was it was a solid match, and I, I look forward to seeing where the, where this is going to go. They, like you said yesterday, you talked about the, um, the the surveys that you get. They're really pushing the girls hard. They want people to tune into the Total Diva show, which will then translate into tuning in to see them on Monday Night Raw and on SmackDown and on WWE programming, and because. A lot of people don't tune into them on those on those uh, on the shows anymore because the girls haven't been interesting in quite a while. But AJ, in the past year, with help from you know maybe even Caitlyn, they've really kind of brought the Divas division up to where it's noticeable and it's not terrible and it's certainly and it's not a it's not a bathroom break segment anymore, uh, at least in my opinion. Especially after and then when she cut that pipe bomb that pipe bomb promo. A couple weeks back, um, she certainly got some got people's heads moving and making sure that they're on the TV when the girls are on. So uh, I, I look forward to seeing uh, what AJ's got in store. She's a good talker. She's pretty good in the ring, and uh, it was fun match in my opinion. I didn't have a complaint about the Divas match other than the other two girls that I just didn't really care about. Yeah, I mean, I think right now, you know, we keep talking about you know giving the uh, secondary titles. Some notoriety, some uh, uh, somewhat of a boost, and uh, you know I don't think it can be understated what what AJ has been able to do uh, in the Divas division because as far as uh, the secondary uh, titles in the WWE, um, you know the the, the women slash Divas was probably bottom of the barrel, and I think that uh, you know you could you can make the case that what AJ has done has made um, you know that. Uh, that Divas Championship, uh, you know, one of the more relevant titles right now in the WWE. So uh, kudos to her. Uh, again, I was I was into the match. There was some serious drama, and they're they're blurring the lines uh, going into the Total Divas show. And uh, you know, it should be interesting because uh, you know when they send out those surveys. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've I've written on the survey. You know, I'd like to see AJ and or uh, Caitlin on the show, and. Uh, I don't know if a lot of other people will respond to the surveys uh, in a similar fashion, but uh, it should be interesting as things continue to blur over. Um, and as AJ has kind of bashed uh, reality TV and, and, and the Total Divas show as a whole, uh, how exactly she's going to infiltrate the show, what's she going to be, uh, are we going to see completely the character AJ, are we going to get a, a glimpse at, at the real AJ who knows? But uh, it, it's been interesting, and it's been something that uh, I've been been uh, into, which is uh, something much different than uh, most of the time when it comes to the, the ladies' matches uh, for a very, very long time. So kudos to AJ. Solid match. Um, but I guess the biggest thing that came out of last night's pay-per-view as we go into uh, this uh, Monday Night Raw tonight is we do have a brand new WWE champion. A lot of controversy, a lot of speculation surrounding this match. Um, it was it was a real solid matchup. Uh, Dave, an unexpected outcome. Uh, both of us picked Orton going into this match. Both of us got it wrong. Um, interesting turn of events to, to end the pay-per-view last night. Yeah, um, very out of nowhere, and I didn't really see it coming. Um, what I found, I wouldn't say found it interesting, but odd, was 
Triple H had stated that there will be no outside interference in the championship match. Excuse me. And um, I was kind of surprised by that. And then we saw a fast count by referee Scott Armstrong to have Daniel Bryan win the championship, um, which I've been reading online that the announcers had not mentioned that there was a fast count um, on the pay-per-view broadcast. They were told not to so that people could tune in to tonight's Raw to see what's going to happen because it was somewhat of an upset victory. And a lot of people probably didn't think Daniel Bryan was going to beat Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. So, um I mean, it was a fun match. It's kind of the same match I saw in Brooklyn, too. I'm not going to lie. And uh, I, I, well, I guess we'll see what happens tonight. Um, but I just found it interesting that, you know, there was no outside interference, and Triple H had been stacking the deck against Daniel Bryan, and Orton asked him what happened, and he said, I'm just doing this to make sure that I made the right choice. Well, where does this lead to? Now he's lost the belt. Do you strip him of the belt, or do you strip Brian of the belt and give it back to Orton, or how do you do this? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I have, I kind of have a feeling that after tonight, I think Daniel Bryan will be stripped of the title, and after what Triple H had said to Orton about making sure he's the face of the company, maybe the two of them. Brian and Orton wrestle at the next pay-per-view for the vacant championship, and Orton can lay claim to winning it fair and square, and Triple H will will realize that that is the face of the WWE. That is his guy. He made the right choice instead of Orton cashing in the money in the bank like he did last month at SummerSlam. I mean, it's just an idea, but... Um, I was kind of taken aback by Brian. When I, I kept waiting, like, is Hunter going to come out and reverse this decision? What's going to happen? But pay-per-view went to, you know, faded to black, and now we got to tune in tonight to figure out who's, uh, you know, what the situation is with the title. But I, I could see the referee getting fired. I could see Vince making an appearance. Um, you know, I could see Triple H, uh, you know, forcing Brian to maybe defend it against Orton tonight. A lot of things I think could take place, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's a weird kind of it, it was a weird kind of vibe. I mean, it's it's coming out of it, you know, all right, Daniel Bryan won the championship, uh, which is a good thing. It, it was surprising, though. Um, it was kind of anticlimactic. I mean, I almost felt like even the uh, the crowd there was thinking, did he really win? Is something else going to happen? Um, so it wasn't quite the, the pop and reaction that you got at SummerSlam. Uh, I think, you know, Daniel Bryan fans were kind of, cautiously happy um you know there's a lot of directions they can they can go in i'm trying to remember as i'm I'm remembering the match and the uh you know was it was it correct me if i'm wrong was it was it orton that bumped into the referee and knocked him out of the ring yeah uh brian i think drop kicked orton and orton um you know so you know sold the drop kick but he backed into the referee, and the referee went through the uh, the, the middle rope out to the floor. Yeah, because I was wondering, like you know, they do something where uh, you know Orton Orton hit the referee, so technically Orton is disqualified. So uh, Daniel Bryan wins the the match, but doesn't win the belt. Uh, they're definitely going to come up with something tonight. Daniel Bryan's definitely getting screwed tonight. I would be another, you know, I'd be shocked if he walks out of Raw still the WWE champ. 
Um, I and I and I'm kind of glad about that. I mean, I I like the uh, the pursuer. I like what they've done with Daniel Bryan. You know, put any obstacle in my way, and and I will will push through it. Um, but there's no way that there's there's not going to be something with with this. Uh, the the secondary ref coming down. Uh, the ref who took the bump comes back in and uh, tells the second ref to get out, that he's got it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's weird that they told the announcers not to say anything because they just look dumb, I guess. But I get it, you know, adding to the speculation. But it was it was pretty obvious, a fast count. Um, but, you know, where they're going to go with this, you know, some people want to jump on the negative. I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see uh, – where the storyline goes. Storyline-wise, as far as my opinion goes, I think he it works better if he does wind up losing the title or getting stripped of it. Because if if Daniel Bryan, like, if, the, if this is the beginning of Daniel Bryan's long title run, I thought it was kind of anticlimactic uh, him winning it this way. So I kind of like to see him win, you know, win the title clean down the road a piece and then have his, his long title run. Um, again, I'd be shocked if this ref bump doesn't come into play in some way, shape, or form. Um, but kudos to the WWE because wherever they go with it, you know, I mean, a lot of us wrestling fans, we all do it. You know, you're, you're part of like some groups on Facebook and, uh, you know, some some dirt sheet pages and, and, you know, you get the notifications on Facebook. And, you know, when I woke up this morning, I was checking my news feed. You know, everyone was speculating on the fast count. So, uh, you know, they did what they, they created a buzz. They created a buzz outside of, um, you know, what was actually going on inside the ring. They, they, You know, we haven't seen anything really from the WWE speculating on the fast count. Uh, fans just know what they what they see. And even right now on, on WWE.com, you know, it just has a picture of Daniel Bryan holding up the, the championship, and uh, it just says, what does COO Triple H think of new champion uh, Daniel Bryan? So um, they're kind of letting this whole thing kind of build on its own, and fans are discussing and debating, and it's creating a buzz. And, you know, especially now with the WWE and it's football season, you have Monday Night Football, and if you can kind of coming out of Sunday create a buzz that builds on its own, uh, heading into Monday Night Raw, that is definitely a good thing. And it's it's a fun thing to speculate on because, you know, it's I, I, I don't know where I'd bet, Dave. I mean, if I was going to bet on a, what's going to happen tonight, I, I think there's so many possibilities, whether uh, they reverse the decision of the match, whether, like I said, they, they say that Orton was disqualified, so title doesn't change hands. Um they just flat out strip them. Do they say the match didn't count and they have a rematch? Uh, there's there's so many directions. Or like you said, do they just vacate the title? That match didn't happen. Nobody has the, you know, a la Jack Tunney. Uh, you know, it was the wrong decision, but the decision was final. So we're stripping Daniel Bryan, but we can't give it back to Randy Orton. Um, you know, do they do something like that? There's uh, uh, definitely a, a slew of directions they can go in with this, but... Uh, you know, it's it's adding intrigue. It's adding that that speculation, that fun kind of uh, debating and and speculating and wondering and and discussing with friends and getting on social media and, and trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen. But I I think the one thing we're all sure of is 
something's going to happen, and, and Triple H is definitely going to come out and and have a statement. And who knows? Maybe he has uh, you know footage of other counts and how fast it's supposed to go, and then they show footage of, of his count. And uh, you know, I, I mean, it's it's funny, man. I mean, I don't follow it. I mean, I watch enough wrestling, Dave, and then you know, I know some stuff. I, I know some. Uh, trivia and things that go on, but, uh, you know, people are speculating on, on Facebook that, you know, he's known for a slow count. And I didn't know that there are refs out there that are known for the, the, the speed of their count, but he's known for a slow count supposedly. And this is a quick count. So I I think it's definitely going to come into play, but the, the speculation is, is fun, Dave. And unfortunately, I think we just we lost Dave somehow. So I don't know what happened to Dave. Dave, uh, hopefully you're listening. Give us a, a, a call back. But we lost Dave just there. So uh, as I was just stating, uh, yeah, the speculation. See, I, I just got done with my point, and I'm going through it, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to do all this. I'm going to talk about the, the segue and everything, and then I'm going to just segue right to Dave. And just as I finish my point dave drops off the lines i don't know where he is but hopefully uh hopefully you guys and you guys if you pop on the facebook i'm hoping you guys are all still hearing me um but uh we just lost dave so if you hold on for one second i'm actually going to shoot dave a text and uh see if he can call us back Uh, i don't know why it just dropped uh call back dave the fans are missing you all right, cool. So I'm texting him. So uh, going forward, getting back to Daniel Bryan, I mean, it, it's an interesting turn of events. I, I mean, I, you know, a lot of people are poo-pooing on it, uh, you know, when you talk and you get on the social media about, uh, the, it, you know, it's kind of anticlimactic. Uh, it, it, you know, wasn't that, that special kind of wow, you know, wow moment of him winning the title. Um but I don't think it's over, and I think this storyline has definitely got legs, and, and they want to keep it going. And, and Daniel Bryan is, is going to be the whipping boy for uh, quite some time. It's a dynamic that worked years ago, a different character, but a dynamic that, that worked for Stone Cold Steve Austin going up against uh, Big Bad Mr. McMahon. So it's a similar dynamic. It works well, and uh, they've added some intrigue with the storyline. We got Dave back there. Dave, you're back. Yeah, I don't know what the heck happened. All of a sudden, I'm trying to talk, and then I could just hear the phone beeping and beeping and beeping. I don't know what the, what the story was, but uh, where yeah, were we? Like the, the ebb and flow of my point, and it was just kind of like winding down and ready to defer to you, and then I looked up, and it was, caller has dropped. Like, oh, no. <laughs> well, I'm back. I always make sure that, you know, I, I that, that I you know finish what I started, but what I was saying was, if you remember, 13 years ago, on Monday Night Raw, Triple H was the then WWF champion, and he was in a match with Chris Jericho, and Jericho somehow finagled him into putting the title on the line. He had called Stephanie a trash bag hoe, and Hunter got upset, and somehow he finagled him to put the title on the line. So anyhow, they have the match. Jericho hires the Acolyte Protection Agency, the APA, because he knows that Triple H is going to have something up his sleeve. Shane McMahon was at ringside. Stephanie McMahon was at ringside. I think Vince was there, too. Um, so 
during the match, it's, it was a it was a damn good match. If you ever watch it on the uh, the Chris Jericho's Chris Jericho's DVD, you got to check it out. It was an awesome match, and Jericho upsets Triple H and wins the WWF title. But what led to that was Earl Hebner was the referee, and Triple H had and bossing Earl Hebner around. Of course, he's married into the family. You know, his father-in-law, his daughter, or his, his wife and his brother-in-law, they're the, they're the boss. So essentially, he's the boss, too, so he can do whatever he wants. Plus, he's a champ. He, he shoved Earl Hebner. Hebner got pissed. I think he shoved Jer, uh, Hunter back, and then Jericho rolled him up, and then Hebner, Hebner did like a real quick one, two, three, and, you know, skipped out of the ring. Jericho left with the belt. The place went crazy. They go to commercial. They come back. And Hunter's in the ring, and he forced Earl Hebner. He threatened to beat Earl Hebner up and fire him if he didn't reverse the decision. So him and Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon, they forced Earl Hebner to reverse the decision. Jericho had to hand the belt back over. Jericho came out back out during the commercial break with the belt around his waist, gave back the belt, and then they fired Earl Hebner and beat him up. Maybe that maybe Hunter might refer to this video footage if he decides to strip Daniel Bryan of the WWE Championship tonight and hand it back over to Randy Orton. Because the amount of heat that he had when he did that and what that made Jer- – that also boosted Jericho up because Jericho was playing in the mid-card. You know, Jericho was with the company just under a year. He was playing in the mid-card for a while with guys like Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero and, uh, you know, other other names. But that right there – that night, at least in my opinion, as a wrestling fan, like I wanted to see Jericho so bad get the title after that because he, he fought a great match. He won. Granted, Hebner screwed Hunter over, but he was the champion, and nobody saw it coming, and I thought it was so cool. And then when he got taken away from him, I like yearned for Jericho to get back into the main event, and especially against Triple H for the title, and it didn't happen. But it drew so much heat. I think that maybe if they did something like this tonight where Hunter refers to this footage and takes the belt away from Daniel Bryan again, this would be the second time he's technically taken it away from him, it would draw more heat on him in the regime and it would also make the fans want to see Daniel Bryan go after Randy Orton for the title even more. I think that would be tremendous. I mean, if they're like, you know, if if they're listening out there and they didn't think of that, go find the footage now. Yeah, you got you got like a little over a, half, a little less than a half hour, um, but I I think that would be awesome. Hey, if Triple H like references and says you know precedent has been set, and references that footage, uh, that would be tremendous. That would just, I mean you're right that that the sort of heat that he would get for that, and um, you know I, I just think that would be absolutely amazing. And you know whether they do it that way or. You know, some other way. Again, I, I'd be shocked if Daniel Bryan walks out of um, tonight still WWE champion. Uh, what what I what's interesting is, and I guess maybe the dark horse, uh, the uh, you know mystery, uh, so to speak, going into this. Um, you know, Big Show, and where where does Big Show play into all this? Uh, we we have a, a distraught Big Show. Um, you know, being Storyline-wise, uh, speculated and, and bantied about that uh, Big Show is is broke. Um, I believe he's broke because he was actually the one that bought all the tickets to movie theaters to see Knucklehead. That kind of hit hard. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a 
expectation that, or at least storyline, that Big Show is broke. Uh, he needs the money. He needs to follow orders. Uh, he was suspended one night without pay. Uh, does he play into this at some point tonight? At some point, you know, after being suspended, you know, and setting that up, that he really cannot afford to lose a night of pay? Uh, does he have some involvement this evening? Does he, uh, you know, knock Daniel Bryan out for Randy Orton uh, to get the pin and win the title again? Um, you know, that is a kind of a, you know, interesting. You just kind of figure, Dave, that, that, you know, they keep building this and building this. And at some point we're probably going to see, uh, you know, maybe Triple H gets back in the ring and we see Triple H versus Big Show or, uh, you know, something's going to happen with Big Show. They're definitely setting something up for him. Um, but, you know, his what had happened about him being suspended uh, definitely kind of points the finger at, you know he's he's at a breaking point and he's he has to follow orders at this point um do we see big show having any sort of involvement this night uh in this storyline oh absolutely i mean he was you know last week he basically you know let daniel bryan you know uh get his hands on randy orton and then you know following that on smackdown he 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 had a had a go around with the shield a little bit um it's 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 either one way or the other. Either he follows orders and he's you know he's that reluctant giant, but he's got to do it to you know his family, or he goes nuts and snaps and you know takes his frustration out on the regime and then he gets fired and then you know maybe takes a break and comes back or something. Something's got to give at this point because he can't just keep being the you know the. the the the, uh, the the torn big show and what he's going to do he's going to have to do something it kind of reminds me of what the what um Vince McMahon and the corporation did to Kane when Kane was forced to be a member of the corporation they had they had held over his head that if he doesn't do what they're told they're going to send him to the uh, the the insane asylum um, you know I, I I now with Big Show it's a little different story if they if Big Show doesn't do what you know the regime tells him to do then they're threatening to fire him and he's basically broke so he's got to keep his job so eventually I think at some point I don't think we're going to see Big Show so torn anymore. I think for, for maybe for a little while he's going to be with them. He's not going to be happy about it, but he's going to do it. And then at some point, you know, further down the line, we'll, we'll probably see probably see like a big show Randy Orton or maybe even a big show uh, uh, Triple H uh, match between the two. And uh, that was when Big Show will probably break off from the group. But I could see, you know, like Orton, the Shield, and Big Show in like a Survivor Series match in in, in, in November at the pay per view uh, against you know Daniel Bryan and a few other guys. And Big Show maybe maybe he turns then or maybe you know I don't know what could happen, but he can't. It, there's got to be some sort of end game for him with all this. You can't just do this every week where he's crying and he doesn't know what he's gonna do, and you know he, he's gonna have to make a decision. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like, you know, where do you go with him? Uh, you know, if he just completely loses it, then he gets fired. Um, it, it almost makes sense, like, for him to kind of, you know, almost like he did with Laurinaitis and just turn and be like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to be the, I'm going to do what I have to do for the money. I'm going to, you know, yeah, I'm going to sell out. Um, and maybe he, he turns heel again. Who knows? But uh, you do wonder, like, where exactly the breaking point's going to be. Uh 
I'm curious, Dave, coming coming into this this Raw as far as Daniel Bryan and his his WWE Championship. Uh, you know, if you if you had to predict an outcome uh, uh, of the evening, where would you go? Um, I think the start of the show they're going to address the situation with the referee, um, and then I think they're going to. I think because the battleground pay per view, I believe, is in three weeks. I want to say, I think Hunter's going to strip Daniel Bryan of the title. It's going to draw some heat. He, you know, whether he refers to the idea that I brought up or not is a completely different story. But you'll see a lot of the whole instant replay with uh, with uh, what's his face with the referee, and they'll, they'll they'll show the count again, and then it will probably set up a match between him and, him and Orton at the Battleground pay per view. Hunter will you know strip him of the title because it's a best decision for business, but he'll give Daniel Bryan another chance because, you know, he knows that's the right thing to do, and they'll have some sort of match where there must be a winner between him and Orton. I think that they'll announce their match for the next pay-per-view tonight, um, but I don't see Daniel Bryan at the end of the night being the champion. I don't even see Randy, I, I, I don't see Randy Orton being the champion either. This might be a, this might be a, a match for the vacant WWE Championship. Um, like I said, going back to the conversation Orton had with Hunter in the locker room last night, you know, Hunter wanted to make sure he was the right fit. And Hunter took a lot of flack in storyline sense that, you know, he picked Randy Orton and Randy Orton cashed in the money in the bank and this was all some big plan and ruse. Well, now Hunter can, you know, kind of throw it back in the people's face that, you know, I did what was right was for business and it's fair. And Orton won the title fair and square. He didn't cash in the briefcase. So I think that's what could eventually lead to, um, but they'll still cause cause a reign of terror amongst you know the entire company itself. But tonight, Daniel Bryan is not leaving uh, WWE champion. I and, but here's another thing too. So uh, something we, we forgot to mention earlier um, that I know that you and I want to talk about tonight. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes might have some involvement in this as well, because Dusty Rhodes. Obviously, the father of Cody and Dustin, Gold Dust, they've been involved in this storyline since Cody has been fired. Dusty Rhodes is also, you know, behind the scenes, he works down in Florida at the, for the NXT developmental group. But he, on their television show, he's their general manager. And at the TV tapings just recently, Triple H had fired Dusty Rhodes as the GM of NXT and had named JBL the GM of NXT. So I think they might incorporate some of that into the storyline too. And maybe, maybe Rhodes gets involved in uh, this decision with uh, you know Daniel Bryan and the WWE Championship. But from what I understand, he's supposed to have a segment with Stephanie McMahon. So we'll see what happens. But it all kind of intertwines and uh, you know. It, Revolving around the 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 Triple H you know led regime, um, but it should be very interesting to see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. It's, I feel like it's 1998 again, where like you see the outcome of pay per view, it's like you can't wait to watch Raw the next night because you don't know what's going to happen. But there's a few different possibilities. But like I said, Daniel Bryan by the end of this night will not be the WWE champion. Yeah, and and I you know you bring up a really good point about you know going into Monday Night Raw tonight. And, you know, speculating on what's supposed to happen and what we think is going to happen. Um, you know, again, it's, WWE is, is is moving in the right direction. And I do think, you know, sometimes you got to pull back a little bit as a wrestling fan. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, some fans, I think they're more at home, like, complaining about stuff than actually enjoying what's going on. Um, you know, no company, 
no company is going to make you happy all the time. There's always going to be something that you're going to look at and say, ah, yeah, I really don't like that. I mean, for me, as long as Miz is still in the WWE, there's always going to be one aspect of the show that I'm going to be like, eh. But <laughs> there's a lot of positive going on, and collective as a whole. You know, when you go into Monday Night Raw right now, you know, look, they've, they've been kind of, you know, the shield has kind of been th- this entity. And, and at times, like as far as their their belts go, you know, they, they've waned as far as level of importance and everything, even though they've had the belts, how often they're defending and what have you. But there's still relevance there. So those championships, as much as they're not at, at former glory, uh, there's some relevance there. Uh, relevance. There's some relevance right now. Again, not the strongest IC champion, but there's intrigue and speculation right now going into Monday Night Raw tonight surrounding the Intercontinental Championship. What is Ryback going to do tonight? What is his involvement? What is the the relationship between him and Paul Heyman? Why did Paul Heyman seek out Ryback? And how is CM Punk going to feel uh, after last night? Um, Not only that, how is Punk's back going to be tonight? Because he had a nasty slash reminiscent of Hardcore Holly across his back after going through that table. Um, So how is that all going to play out? And again, another belt that there's a lot of relevance involved. What are we going to see out of Alberto Del Rio? Uh, Do we get a rematch even tonight? Does RVD fight Del Rio again tonight? What's going to happen with that championship? And as we said before, there's relevance for the Divas title. There's intrigue going into Monday Night Raw tonight surrounding the ladies' championship. And if there wasn't enough coming out of the pay-per-view last night, well, then A.J. Lee goes and tweets a picture of her holding the old-school women's championship as well as the Divas' championship. And, man, I'll tell you, when she's coming out against the Divas, it would make my night if she comes out and puts that Divas belt in the trash can and brings back the women's championship. That would be awesome. I'm not saying I think that's what's going to happen, but when she tweets a picture like that, I would love to see the old school women's championship belt come back and get rid of that piece of crap butterfly looking whatever. Like like, uh, like if she pulled a Medusa. Exactly. I, I think that would be tremendous. I'm not a diva. I'm a woman's championship. And it would fit in so well. The name of the reality show is Total Divas. I'm not a diva. I'm a women's wrestler. And she dumps that. I think that would be tremendous. So there's intrigue surrounding that. Why did she tweet that picture? Maybe she just tweeted that picture for attention and to gain speculation. But it's working. And then all the intrigue surrounding the COO, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, what does Dusty Rhodes have to say? Is Dusty Rhodes, is he just going to be advocating for his family, his son who was fired? Or do we see Dusty Rhodes actually get involved in the Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton storyline and, and have some sort of involvement there? Do we see Daniel Bryan able to walk out of Monday Night Raw holding that championship? Does Orton walk out with the championship? How does this all play out? I, I Right now... To me, again, you could get nitpicky. You could go through the the roster. You could go through the matches. You can look at things and say, well, this really didn't work, or I didn't like this, or, you know, uh, Daniel Bryan should have won at a different time or something. But 
you know, you're right, Dave. I mean, this is the first time in, in a long time. I mean, I'm a wrestling fan, and I, and I love this, and that's why we do this each and every week. But there, there are times that, you know, you're more excited at a, as a fan than others. Uh, this is the first time in a long time that I'm – because of the storyline. You know, when we, you go to WrestleMania, you're just kind of psyched to go to the Monday Night Raw afterwards because it's just continuing the, the, the weekend of events. Um, but this is like the first time in a long time that really purely storyline-based, as soon as the pay-per-view ended, I really was like, I can't wait to see Raw tomorrow night. Where are they going to go with, with all these storylines, especially the storylines surrounding the, the WWE Championship? And... You know, you bringing up that dialogue between Triple H and Randy Orton backstage, you know, that adds a lot of other speculation. You know, Triple H saying, I wanted to make sure you were my guy, and he lost. So does Triple H completely throw everyone off and come out in some way, shape, or form against Randy Orton? And there's there's so many possibilities swirling around, and, and this is to me, this is going to prove to be a... a a pretty good Monday Night Raw, and like watch. I, I say all that, and then it's like it blows chunks. But pay per view. I just think there's so many things swirling around right now. Uh, it, this should prove to be a pretty interesting Raw, and a Raw that I'm really looking forward to watching, Dave. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's it, like I said, it's got that feel like it did, you know, in the in the in the late 90s where, you know, you watch the pay-per-view and you couldn't wait to watch Raw and you know, you'd see some some stuff that was, you know, more exciting on the the Monday Night Raw after, you know, the pay-per-view than the actual pay-per-view itself. So, um there's a lot of different possibilities they can go with that particular storyline with Orton and Daniel Bryan. Um, they could throw a complete curveball at you and say, you know, we'll, we're going to go this way instead. Um, I, you know, you you, you just kind of mentioned, you know, about what I was saying about the dialogue between Hunter and Orton. I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing something completely different. But then again, I've been enjoying what the two of them have been doing. So regardless of the fact, I think. I think, you know, the, the end result for the progression of the story is going to be good. Um, and maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll see a surprise tonight from somebody. I don't know. Uh, but overall, you know, last night they did their job and, and getting people to tune in tonight um, by, you know, the end of last night's pay-per-view and what happened. The other stuff, people will watch, you know, because of the other results. But tonight... You know, between the Dusty situation and with the Orton-Daniel Bryan storyline, there's going to be a lot to talk about, definitely for sure. Agreed. You know, I think that creatively, you know, again, you want to be nitpicky, whatever, but I I think creatively speaking, you know, the pay-per-view did its job. And that's, uh, you know, it's not one of the big four. So I think that, you know, those pay-per-views are to help facilitate things, to to help storylines along and and like I said, you know, we we try here. I mean, you know, I guess we wind up being a, a bit of a different show than, than other uh, wrestling shows and podcasts and what have you out there because, you know, ultimately I, I don't understand it sometimes, but I, you know, we, we, we're fans, you know. We're fans of wrestling, and, man, like there, there's enough bad stuff that happens in life that, uh, you know, if I really watched wrestling um, – and found myself complaining about it that often, 
I think I'd close up shop with the show and I'd stop watching and, and I'd watch something else on Mondays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Sundays when there's pay-per-views. You know, there's, there's a lot of hours that I could probably find some other things to do. And, uh, you know, I, I ultimately, you know, I want it to be good and I want it to, I want to stay positive. And, uh, this is something that, uh, to me, it's, it's a good time to be a fan. It's, it's an exciting time. It's, it's, uh, Something that, uh, you know, when you when you start to get that feel of, of a lot of things working. We've talked on this show a lot before about, you know, if we did complain or did criticize, you know, there, there was a lot of time where, you know, the pay-per-views or the card or Monday Night Raw was, was top-heavy. And we've discussed at length over the years about, you know, not hating John Cena, but understanding that, at times, it seemed like the WWE was cramming John Cena down our throats. And it was too much about John Cena and not developing the rest of the card. Uh, now you're getting solid storylines th- throughout the card. You know, Dave, you know, when, when we grew up, you know, you'd, you'd sit down to watch WrestleMania and there was relevance and, and store, clear-cut characters and well-developed storylines from, like, the opening match to, to the main event. And... To me, you're kind of getting that right now. There's not a lot of throwaway. You know, granted, taking aside that, like, SmackDown was really a holding pattern, and for the love of God, this will be the next rant. Please, no more dance contest. Please, no more dance Especially <laughs> if one of the contestants is going to wear pants that you know he's going to split his pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just... I uh, I think Miz sometimes listens to the show and just like how could I how could I piss off Ken more? How can I make yeah. him just not like me more? The Miz go yeah. Inferno. But anyway, I digress. Aside from that, you know, there are all these storylines that are kind of working right now and, and you just feel like when you when you're walking into in, in three minutes a three hour raw that for the most part tonight, you're going to get a lot of solid storyline development. There's a lot of stuff to be addressed, and the intrigue is there. I'm really looking forward to tonight, Dave. Yeah. You know, here's, another, here's another factor, too, that we didn't discuss, and something that we didn't even bring up on last night's show either was the, with the World Heavyweight Championship. Damian Sandow at, at the end of SmackDown Friday said that, you know, I will – I. I he said something along the lines of, uh, you know, I will, I will, I will indulge you with, you know, something about your intelligence or something. Almost kind of referring to that he's going to cash in that money in the bank soon. And a lot of people thought he was going to cash in last night after the after the world title match with the way that Del Rio was taken out by RVD. But maybe we see, a, maybe we could see a cash in tonight. You know, there's always been some pretty big stuff taking place the night after a pay per view. You know. From the WWE, I mean, maybe we see Sandow cash in, become a world heavyweight champion, and then this run with RVD and Del Rio moves over to just you know the mid card, and it's not a, a world championship caliber storyline anymore. I mean, I don't know, but um, there's a lot of different things that we could that we could think of that could take place on tonight's show with Big Show. With you know, could the Rhodes family, you know, could Cody return tonight or even Goldust make an appearance? We know Dusty's gonna be there. The situation of the WWE championship, uh, you know, the, the we forgot about the Wyatt family. They'll probably have some sort of impact on the show. Um, you know, 
I mean, the, the, the girls, everything. There's, there's relevance and there's something going on for everybody, and that's what I like, you know. And I said this a while back, but Vince Russo, he used to always make sure that somebody was involved in the storyline when he wrote for them. There may have been about 30, 40 guys on a two-hour show, but he made sure that they were a part of something on WWE TV. And now we're kind of seeing some of that, but they're not cramming everybody down our throats, which I think is pretty good. And it, overall, it makes things fun and exciting and fresh and 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 new but different at the same time, you know, new and different but, you know, kind of the same thing, you know, kind of retreating back to some older storylines. I'm enjoying everything that's going on, and I'm looking forward to what's going to happen tonight, mainly with the, the WWE Championship situation. And that's a great point. You know, we talk so much, in, you know, in the past, and where, uh, you know, oh, my God, when is he going to cash in his money in the bank? The rest of the storytelling has been so good as of late, you know, Sandow is just kind of skating under the radar. And then, you know, as a fan, you're not getting impatient for him to cash in because everything else is is going well. And so they're working on developing that and when's the right time for him to cash in. So uh, it's a good point. You have that on the docket. So lots of great stuff uh, looking forward to in tonight's Monday Night Raw. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Our first Monday Night Raw pregame show. Hope you guys enjoyed we're going to continue to add some segments and stuff to the show. But remember, this is going to be our regularly scheduled program each and every week, 6 to 8 p.m., bringing you right up to Monday Night Raw. Thank you all for tuning in. It's a great night. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Thank you all for tuning in. Come on out this weekend, see some wrestling. Wrestlingonfire.com for more information. Take care, everybody. <laughs>